Hello everybody, James Barnett here, creator and producer of the Night's End podcast. Just here to say Happy New Year. I hope you've all had a wonderful break if you had one, as I know I sure have. Welcome to Season 2. I've been tirelessly working to curate some fantastic stories for you this season, and I think you will all love the selections. I've also enlisted the help of some friends this season to do some narration. I know you all love hearing the sound of my voice, but thought you may have wanted a break from it from the show. We have some talented voiceover artists that have been assisting us, and I can't wait for you to hear them. One last thing. If you're looking to get your hands on some Night's End merch, head on over to www.nightsendpodcast.com as we have added more items there over the break. Okay, anyway, thanks for being here and welcome back. Enjoy the show. feels like it has been so long since I have seen you. What's that? Ah, that's right. You snuck down here for a bonus story, didn't you? (laughs) Oh well. It's not like we have a shortage of stories down here. Today's tale is a cautionary one. Beware the purchase of second-hand items. You never know who or what has owned it before. (laughs) The Timeless Dance Written by C.J. Carter Stevenson Philip squeezed the brakes of his bike and skidded to a halt outside the shop. Hanging in the window behind an assortment of dusty antiques was a mask made of black leather with bulbous glass eyes and a curving beak. An alien, probably perfect for the costume competition at his homecoming dance. The theme this year was outer space, and with something like this, he might actually win. Chaining his bike to the railing, he went into the shop to find out how much it was. The place was small, but cramped with exotic-looking goods. Wooden furniture covered in elaborate carvings, leather-bound books with raised bands on their spines, taxidermy animals in glass cases, The light was dim and a faint smell of damp hung in the air. Philip moved along the aisles and spotted a counter at the back, where an old man in spectacles was reading a book. Dressed in a suit that was at least two sizes too big, he had a tangled grey beard and pointed ears. Being careful not to touch anything, Philip moved towards him. His arrival seemed to have gone unnoticed. 
so he coughed politely. <clears throat> the old man looked up from his book with a start. Can I help you? I'm interested in the alien mask in the window, Philip replied. The old man opened his mouth to speak and then gave a loud sneeze. <clears throat> he wiped his nose with the end of his beard. Sorry about that. I have a dust allergy. Philip raised his eyebrows, looking at the grimy surfaces around him. Could there be a worse place for someone with a dust allergy to work? About the alien mask? It's a plague doctor mask, actually, the man interrupted. It once belonged to the Commedia dell'Arte in Italy. Have you heard of the Commedia dell'Arte? I can sell you a book about them if you'd like. I'm not really interested in the mask's history, Philip told him. The important thing is how it will look with my costume. Can I have a closer look at it? Nodding his head, the old man walked across the shop and lifted the mask out of the window. As he did so, a little cloud of dust billowed up into his face. He sneezed loudly and pressed the mask into Philip's hand so he could wipe his nose again. Turning the mask over, Philip noticed a price tag on the back. He smiled. With the savings he had at home, he could easily afford it. He asked the old man to keep the mask behind the counter for him and cycled away as fast as he could to raid his money box. Philip heard his mother calling to him as he entered his house, but he didn't stop to talk to her. There would be time enough for talking when the mask was paid for. He darted up the stairs to his bedroom, counted out the money he needed, and was back on his bike in less than five minutes. The old man was getting ready to close the shop by the time he returned. He looked up in surprise as Philip walked through the door. I wasn't sure you'd be back, he said, taking the plague doctor mask out from behind the counter and placing it next to the till. Philip held the mask in front of his face and looked at himself in a nearby mirror. Of course I came back. This mask is... He broke off, feeling dizzy all of a sudden. The mask fell from his hand and he grabbed hold of the counter to steady himself. Are you okay? The old man asked. The dizziness passed and Philip let go of the counter. I'm fine. I just had a funny turn. It's probably just the dust, said the old man, stifling another sneeze. There's a lot of it about. He picked the mask up off the floor and put it into a paper bag. That's as good an explanation as any, I guess, said Philip. Then he took out his wallet, paid for the mask, and left the shop. When he got home, Philip took out the silver cloak he was planning on wearing to the dance and held it against the mask. They looked perfect together. Now all he needed was a date. He glanced at the copy of the school magazine sticking out from under his bed. The photographer, Melissa Tyler, would be peachy. She wasn't the slimmest or the prettiest girl at school but her smile could light up a room. How to ask her, though? An idea came to him quickly when he heard one of her friends talking about Melissa's sweet tooth. At the first opportunity, he went to a bakery at the local mall and bought a freshly made cookie with homecoming written across it in chocolate icing. Then he waited until she was alone by her locker the next morning and handed it to her in a little box. She opened the box and stared at the cookie, with a blank expression on her face. Is this your way of asking me to the homecoming dance? She asked finally. Philip nodded, his heart pounding. If she turned him down, he'd feel like such a fool. 
beaming smile spread across Melissa's face. Of course I'll go with you. Before he knew what he was doing, he'd given her a big hug. The smile grew wider and she hugged him back. Philip couldn't believe how neatly things had fallen into place and half expected something to go wrong in the weeks that followed. But the day of the dance arrived without incident. Putting on his mask and cloak, he looked at himself in the mirror on the door of his closet. It was like looking at a real-life alien. If he didn't make it through to the final in the costume competition, he'd be amazed. Suddenly, a horn sounded outside. He walked to the window. The limousine which his friend Lewis had hired to take them to the school was parked at the end of his drive. Saying goodbye to his parents, he left his house and climbed into the back. The car was the ultimate in luxury, with flat screen televisions, a music player, and even a small bar. Isn't it great? Said Lewis, as Philip settled into the padded seat next to him, his voice slightly muffled because of the outfit he was wearing. A NASA spacesuit, complete with helmet. It sure is, Philip replied. Thanks for sharing it with me. Lewis handed him a can of soda. What are friends for? He leant forward to speak to the driver, and the limousine pulled away. The two boys spent the next half an hour cruising the streets, waving at people out of the windows. Then they went to collect their dates. Philip smiled approvingly as he led Melissa to the car. The robot costume she was wearing looked amazing. It was made of foil and had flashing lights on it. She'd even incorporated her camera into the design, disguising it as some kind of scanning device. Melissa started to get into the limousine and then paused to take Philip's photograph. Philip held up his arms in a scary pose. Melissa was about to take another picture when Lewis stuck his head out the window. Come on, you guys. Bryony will be wondering where we are. Philip nodded and he and Melissa climbed into the car. As it happened, Lewis's date, Bryony, was still getting ready when they arrived at her house. She kept them waiting almost 10 minutes before hurrying down the drive to join them. Like Lewis, she was dressed as an astronaut. Lewis jumped out of the car to open the door for her, and they continued on their way. As the limousine made its way towards the school, Lewis turned on the music player and the four friends danced around in their seats. Then Philip's vision grew blurry and he started to feel sick. He shook his head and blinked a few times, hoping the feeling would go away. The next thing he knew, his three friends had vanished and he was sitting in the back of a horse-drawn carriage with a lady in an old-fashioned dress and hooded cloak. The road was very bumpy and he found himself being buffeted from side to side. Outside, he could hear the rumble of thunder. He peered around him, eyes wide. What's going on? Where am I? The lady in the hooded cloak turned towards him and he saw for the first time that she had no face. Where her mouth, nose and eyes should have been, there was only skin. He screamed and backed away from her as a flash of lightning lit up the carriage. Beware. The woman said in a voice that seemed to come from very far away. Beware of what? Philip stammered. The woman started to reply. But at that moment, the world shifted and Philip found himself back in Lewis's limousine. Melissa and Lewis were leaning over him, looking concerned. Melissa had removed the mask from his face and was holding a cup of water to his lips. What happened? 
he asked. Lewis shrugged. You tell us. One minute you were dancing, and the next you were unconscious. So she wasn't real? said Philip, with a sigh of relief. Who wasn't? Melissa asked. Forget it, said Philip, putting the plague doctor mask back on his face. Let's get to the dance and have some fun. I feel fine now. When they reached the school, the four friends wasted no time going into the gymnasium to join the dance. It was filled with space-themed decorations, papier-mâché stars, banners with rockets and aliens on them. After they had spent some time chatting to their friends, the DJ began to play one of their favourite songs. Philip turned to Melissa and held out his hand. May I have this dance? Melissa nodded and they made their way to the dance floor. It was a slow song, so Philip put his arms around her waist, holding her close to him. She rested her head against his chest and the smell of her perfume rose around him. He inhaled deeply, closing his eyes. He should kiss her. There would never be a better opportunity. What if he made a mess of it though? In front of all these people? No. That wasn't going to happen. It would be divine. Those lips of hers pressing. Suddenly, his head started to spin. His eyes flicked open and he gave a loud shriek. Ah! He was no longer dancing with Melissa, but the faceless woman from the horse-drawn carriage. His surroundings had changed as well. Instead of his school gymnasium, he was in a candlelit ballroom. The walls of the room were hung with frowning portraits and the ceiling was decorated with painted angels. Strange couples in colorful masks danced around him. The clothes of these couples were at least 200 years out of date and they moved in repeated patterns like mechanical toys. Philip pulled away from the faceless lady and made for the exit. Glancing over his shoulder, he saw her coming after him. He froze as he passed through the door. His surroundings had changed again. It was a place he could not have imagined in his wildest dreams. Seemingly outside, but actually enclosed by a huge dome. A waterfall plunged into a glittering pool from a hole in the sky, and there were holograms of bizarre-looking plants around the edge. As with the ballroom, there were masked dancers everywhere. Only here, they moved through the air as well as along the ground. Their clothes were of a glowing white material, and they had strange-shaped heads. As Philip continued to stare around him, someone took hold of his hands. He turned his head and saw the faceless woman standing in front of him. You again? The woman shook her head. Not again. You and I are seeing each other for the first time, though you may have seen others like me. Her words were so clear that it took Philip a moment to realise she wasn't actually speaking. The voice he was hearing was inside his head. Philip was terrified. He tried to pull away, but the woman held him close to her with a strength that was hard to believe. Well, what do you want with me? I dance, the woman replied. That's what we do here. With this, she carried him up into the air and forced him to start dancing. Backwards and forwards they floated, their bodies swaying in time to the music. Unable to get away without falling from a great height, 
Philip plied her for information. Is this the future? Again the woman shook her head. This place exists outside of time. You are seeing my memories of the future, not the future itself. I don't understand, said Philip. Think of it as a timeless dance. A gathering of people from different eras in history, the woman replied. It's not a bad place to spend eternity. I think you'll like it here. Philip felt a sinking feeling in the pit of his stomach. I'm not spending eternity here. Of course you are, the woman replied. You're one of us now. She began to talk about the place in more detail, but Philip stopped listening. Their path through the air was taking them lower, which meant he had a chance to escape. Pulling down sharply, he slipped out of the woman's grasp and dropped towards the ground. His fall couldn't have lasted more than a few seconds, but in that time, his surroundings changed again. Landing with a jolt on a mosaic floor, he looked around. The room he was in this time was filled with masked people in togas. Some were dancing mechanically. Others were lying on couches. There were wall paintings and marble statues for decoration, and on the other side of a row of pillars, you could see a moonlit garden. A man with no face came into the room from the garden and walked towards Philip. He gestured at an empty couch. You must be our new companion. Please be seated. You'll be here soon. Philip's first impulse was to run away, but he forced himself to ignore it. He'd done enough running already. He sat down. Who'll be here soon? The shopkeeper, the faceless man replied. Hasn't anyone told you about him? All anyone has told me is that I'm at a timeless dance, said Philip. The faceless man laughed. <laughs> timeless dance. That's an interesting way to describe it. The word I would use is prison. After he steals our faces with his magic mask, the shopkeeper leaves us here to rot. Philip's hand moved to the mask on his face. When you say magic mask, do you mean this mask? The man nodded. Philip gulped. And what was that you said about stealing faces? That's the shopkeeper's trade, the faceless man replied. Demons need faces to move through the world undetected, and the shopkeeper provides them. He looks like a sweet old man, but he's really a time-travelling warlock. I fell into his trap at a marketplace in Rome in the year 49 AD, and now... You have too. Soon you'll be just like me. Philip shook his head. An existence without a face? It was unthinkable. He had to stop it from happening. But how? Then he remembered the mask. If it had really brought him to this place, perhaps he could get away by removing it. No sooner had the thought occurred to him than he tore it away from his face. He heaved a sigh of relief as the Roman villa faded away and he found himself back in his school gymnasium. It looked exactly as it had earlier. He threaded his way through the crowd of dancing students and sat down on a chair to collect his thoughts. Suddenly he heard a familiar sneeze and realised to his shock that the old man who had sold him the mask was sitting next to him. 
The man's lips curled upwards in a sinister smile. I know why you're here, said Philip. And you're too late. I've escaped your trap. Guess again, said the old man, taking a mirror from his pocket and holding it in front of Philip's face. Philip's blood turned cold. His eyes, mouth, and nose had disappeared. What have you done with my face? He shrieked. The old man pointed at the mask in Philip's hand. It's in there, along with the rest of my stock. He took hold of the mask and showed Philip the back. Sure enough, Philip could see his face peering back at him from the leather surface. As for your supposed escape, that hasn't happened either, I'm afraid. The old man went on. When you put on the mask, you danced your way into a bubble of unreality belonging to Agaris, the demon lord of the dance. I'm not in a bubble of unreality, said Philip. I'm at a homecoming dance with my friends. Are these your friends? The old man asked. Or are they something else? Philip looked at the people around him and began to shiver. There was no spark of life in any of them. They were mindless copies. He screamed uncontrollably. Smiling again, the old man disappeared in a puff of smoke and the dance went on. been listening to the night 10 podcast which is a production of dissonance media the timeless dance was written by cj carter stevenson it was originally published in issue 57 of youth imagination which came out in february 2018 you can find more of cj's work at www.carter-stevenson.co.uk link is in the description If you've enjoyed this episode, why not tell a friend about it that you think might enjoy it? It would help us more than you know. And as always, stay horrific everyone.